What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This is my co-host, Jordan Harris. And we are the Bash Brothers. Week 10 in college football is now in the books, and we sit here and we reminisce. we got a good show planned for you yep. guys today. We're going to start with our first segment, the old Bash Brothers Week in Review. We'll kind of recap everything that happened in this week in college football. Our second topic is going to be dog talk, what we're going to call dog talk. We're Georgia fans, obviously, that's the soul of the show, and we'll dive into you know what the dogs did at the old cocktail party this week. And then our third segment of the day is going to be our pick'em portion of the show. You know, we're going to talk picks, what we got right, what we didn't, and obviously make a couple picks headed into week eleven. So yeah. I think we'll open up the show with the you know uh, top four matchup: number one Clemson, number four Notre Dame. And uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, this is a big upset for Notre Dame. This was their, I mean, first top. This is Brian Kelly's first top ten win of his career at Notre Dame, but also. This was Clemson's first win over a number one team since I think it was 1982 is what they said. Notre Dame, you mean. Notre Dame, yeah. So, you know, they uh, they came in and, you know, I think we kind of understood this was going to – this was a possibility beginning the week. Trevor Lawrence was out, big storyline. You had a, a true freshman quarterback coming into Notre Dame. And granted, DJ, again, played well. He got uh, – he was, I want to say, 28 for 44 or something like that. Two touchdowns, but over 400 yards passing. But he just, you know, Clemson just the turnover bug, man. The last two weeks. Well, that's the one place I think that you because yeah, turnovers got them uh, against Boston, Boston College. Obviously, they go on to win that football game. But this week, I thought you actually saw the lights get to him a little bit in that you know. That like the the little fumble pitch to ETN, whatever you want right. to call it, just little mistakes like that. Yeah. You would not have seen Trevor Lawrence no. make those mistakes. And I think that's where there's that skill gap a little bit. I think DJ is probably very close in skill to Trevor, but the experience just is not there. You know yeah. what I mean? He's coming in. This is his first year, obviously. And I mean, you know, even if with Trevor they get to that, you know, final play and double overtime. I don't think Trevor puts him in a position fourth and long there at the end where they have to make a deep pass. Yeah, taking those two sacks right there in double OT. And then the I don't think that was a planned hook and ladder play. I, uh, I, I could, it just burns me up as just a football fan. It's fourth, I believe it was like fourth and 22, fourth and 18, something like that. And you throw it, you know, six yards short of the first down yeah. marker. That just, that just burns me up. To think that something's going to happen in that scenario, they're already playing deep. Right. A, a version of prevent defense, obviously, to keep you keep you from getting that first down. But yeah, I mean the the playoff committee has has a job on their hands now. I believe looking forward, just you know, based off my knowledge of the two teams and now seeing them play, Notre Dame got a lot of breaks. Obviously, yep. the biggest one being that you know the greatest college football quarterback alive right now playing the game was standing on the sidelines, oh, obviously. Yeah. And the second was the turnovers and the mistakes that Clemson made. Um, Notre Dame did play well. You got to give credit where credit is due. But I think ultimately you see a rematch come December. I believe yep. the ACC title game is in December. And you know, with Trevor Lawrence, I would stand by my prediction last week to say they beat them by fourteen. You know, fourteen twenty-one yep. points. I don't with Trevor Lawrence on a neutral site. I think that game is goes much much differently. But hey, hats off, hats off to Notre Dame. You went up, you you know, you're at home. Touchdown, Jesus, wash it over you, and you handle business. Yeah, oh yeah, for I think sure. That's, I think that's pretty solid. 
Pac-12 is back. The Pack Attack is back. Yep. You know, that's a little Mighty Ducks reference there for some for some '90s kids there. Um, I think we pretty much saw everything we expected to see. You know, a couple teams that uh, you know just you know those middle of the road Pac-12 teams. You know, everybody played well. Washington State, you know, off of the Mike Leach era now, running the football. Had more rush yep. yards than pass yards for, like, one of the first times in probably a decade at Washington State. Handled business, beat UCLA. Uh, or, no, beat um, Oregon State. Colorado looked pretty good right. against UCLA. UCLA tried to mount the old comeback, couldn't get it done. It's heartbreak for that old pick especially with the, oh, yeah. a few of the games we had on there. Exactly. Um, Arizona State, I picked, uh, I put on my Facebook at the beginning of Saturday, we did not have to pick this game, but uh, Herm Edwards at Arizona State, huge, huge fan of Herm as a guy and as a coach. He's really doing well at Arizona State and just had the game in the palm of his hands. At one point, ESPN had Arizona State with a (laughs) 99.8% chance to win, and they find a way to lose the ball game. So hats off to USC. Yep. Um, getting that dub. Obviously, Oregon looked good, handled business against Stanford. I think it pretty much went the way that we thought it would go. Yeah. Um, a couple teams did not get to play. I don't believe Arizona got to play their game. So, I mean, what what you know? What are your thoughts on the Pac-12? Not a whole lot to dissect There's here. There's not really. I mean, just looking at the first game, I would say, to me, Oregon looks like the only dominant Pac-12 team. I mean, they, they handled Stanford, you know, 35-14, yeah. big win. <clears throat> Obviously, Oregon – depending on how their season goes, has very possible playoff implications. You know, right now they're sitting at 12. By the time they play five more games, if they look well, they have a few teams lose maybe. They're, they're you know, in the top yeah. ten at least. I just, I don't. So, oh, you know, it's just, again, like we said last week, there's going to be a lot of similar sized dogs at one bowl. And it's going to be don't. who's playing for that number four spot. You know what I mean? It's, the problem is, is every other conference except maybe the Big 12. But the Big 12 still does have some good teams. I think Oklahoma is ultimately going to be it will end up being a good football team by the end of the season. Oklahoma State obviously, you know, I mean, you know, they've taken their lumps, but you know, they're handling business 5 right. and 1. Um I think besides those two conferences, every other conference has at least two big hitters, some more than others, right. you know. Obviously, you got Clemson, Notre Dame. You got Alabama. Florida looks good. Georgia, up until you know this week, had looked good. Um, Big Ten, Ohio State looks good. You know, Wisconsin. We don't have a huge body of work, but we expect that you know those will be the two dogs running for that bowl. Yeah. And obviously, Texas A&M also looms very large. You know, yeah. they will be one of those teams on the outside looking in as of right now. Right. I just do not see the competition in the Pac-12 enabling an undefeated I mean it will have to be undefeated you lose one of those games oh, yeah, to me you're out 100%. I cannot see the Pac-12 being strong enough to allow a 7 and 0 Pac-12 champion overcoming a one loss Texas A&M It depends it I very cannot depends. see that Right now to me if you're looking at the rank and again we're still AP poll we haven't gotten the college football playoff ranking yet and obviously those change from you know yeah. they look different to me, if you're not sitting in the top eight right now, you're going to find it very hard to get a top four spot at the end of the season unless some things happen. Yeah. Probably nine to 15 is going to, you know, you're, you're going to have to have a lot happen. But, you know, you still have a minute chance, but is there. No to me, if you're outside the top 15 right now, you're just – unless well, a miracle And happens. also that's tough too because the body of works are not the same, right? right. You literally have a – 
one and oh Wisconsin competing with a now I think six and one or seven and one Alabama I believe a six and one Al or I mean uh yeah six six seven and oh six and oh an undefeated yeah. Alabama right as well as I mean just look you know it's difficult to compare body of works right now because everybody is not the same and everybody no. won't be the same at the end of the season not again at all. ten game SEC schedule versus a seven game Pac twelve schedule right. an eight game Big Ten schedule who is not going to make up games you look no, at Wisconsin now they're missing three weeks of football you're not going to make up those games no. what was supposed to be eight games now becomes five and you have to somehow compare that to yep and you got to think mean, this troubles Wisconsin a lot because you know you probably had a shot. Yeah. I mean, you, oh, yeah, you no say, doubt. You, say a good you, football team. you mess around beat Ohio State, you're right there, Big Ten oh, yeah, driver's yeah. seat. But right now, you're missing three of your games, and it's like, well. Yeah. Well, let's shift the conversation there. Let's look at the Big Ten. Right. I think if you were talking Big Ten, man, we said it last week. What is what is Harbaugh doing, man? <laughs> we got to start there. Yeah. You know, you lose to Michigan State, and and you're one and six against your rival. You you go and you play Indiana, a game that Indiana has not beaten you since the '80s. You're literally right. like a you know, uh, and and you 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 don't just lose, you lose no. bad. Oh yeah, you know. Well, and I have to say though, you know, Indiana has looked pretty good this season, and that is the caveat. I don't and think we can. Indiana's three and zero for the first time in you know three or four decades. We cannot just say, oh, that's a bad right. Indiana team. No, it's a good football yeah. team that's that's pulled out some wins. Yeah. You know, they got a, a very sneaky game this week against Mel Tucker's Michigan State, oh, who yeah. looked great one week and then not so right. good this week. Obviously. And I see, I see. I think that's where Jim Har- Harbaugh's issue comes from. And I'm going to give you a hot take here. I think. He, need, he might need to go take his resume up to the old Michigan Career Center this week because he may he's gonna be in trouble coming up. But I think he is too, you know. But but at the same time, you just I mean, could you? I mean, Hugh Freeze at Liberty is just man coaching, just phenomenal coach. I mean, I would love to see him at Michigan. I agree. You know, there there are other people who can take the job. I know a name like Harbaugh hurts to just say, well, you you, you didn't get the job done, hit the road. Yeah. But at the same time, there are other coaches who are coaching incredible yeah. football right now who would love okay, to go to the course. big house and. And, coach and again, football. if you, you know, we, we want the story. We talked about the storyline last week: one and six versus all Michigan's major rivals. If you lose Andy this week, eh, you know they're a good football team. You could probably take that. But you just lost to Michigan State last week. Michigan State goes and plays a average at best Iowa team and gets absolutely throttled. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, not only that, you just lost back to back weeks. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't look good for Harbaugh. I don't know what the timeline is. I obviously don't know what they're thinking. You know, the our old saying, "You don't know what you don't know." Yeah, but you you know, Michigan fan base, you can see it on any social media or, or any message boards you go look at. They're ready to move on. Yeah, and you know, football goes the way the money goes, and if the money's not coming in, you know, somebody's got to go. So, yeah. And then on the same side as that, you got to talk about Penn State. Uh, James Franklin, you know, not not the greatest coach, but a pretty darn good football coach. You know, he didn't have a ton of success at, at Vanderbilt, but really went to Penn State and did some good things up there. Mm-hmm. And now they sit 0-3. And that is just a tough look. And again, it's that it's beefing up the Big Ten in that you expected – Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Penn State to look good. Right. And obviously by the end of the season, there will be some cannibalizing of each other. That's just what happens. But you expected those four teams to be good football teams. You now have Michigan that sits, 
you know, with one win. Yeah. You now have Ohio, uh, Ohio State looks great. They're doing what they're doing. A Wisconsin team, like we said, who's missing three ball games with only one win, and a Penn State that is now 0-3. And see, to me, Penn State, though, I, I feel like the first two games you can almost give them a pass. That Indiana game, obviously Indiana looks good right now. Controversial ending to that right, game. Yes, agreed. Ohio State, I mean, let's be honest, that was going to be an upset if they beat Ohio State. Ohio yeah. State's a powerhouse right now. Correct. But, I mean, granted, he's a tug about Iowa, but Talia just took you to school. Oh, he did. Kid's and, playing great ball. And he, I mean, he's playing phenomenally right now. He but is, he is. at home, you know, you just you, you got to be pretty bad by Maryland. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's – like I said, the first two you could kind of give them a pass on. I don't, you know, this one is just kind of starting to look yeah. bad if you're Penn State. Well, at the, at the beginning of the season, I think that the well, for the talking heads of college football, the conversation was going in the way that this year would be the year the Big Ten, the Big Ten gets in two teams in the college football playoff. Right. I don't. I no longer see. There's no. To me, there's no real scenario, especially no. with the way that the front of the head is looking with your Clemson's and Alabama's, Notre Dame's, yeah. Alabama, Florida, Texas A&M. You. You would, yeah, no way. I mean, no you know, shot. maybe, maybe if Wisconsin takes off, goes to the Big Ten championship, beats Ohio State close, you got a possibility there. They but better it's pray still, that don't happen. Oh, I mean, no, they better pray. <laughs> but again, you, you know, I mean, I, to me, that's your only realistic scenario, and I don't even know how realistic that necessarily is. Yeah. Okay, so going along with the with the playoff talk, okay. we got a couple teams right now on the outside of the house looking in. Right. Okay. I think your top four right now if we were making a, a college playoff today, are going to be some combination of Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame. Right. And you have a couple teams on the outside looking in. Right now, that's Florida. Yeah. That's Cincinnati. That's BYU, and that's Texas A&M. I think those right. are the four people that are knocking on the door. You obviously have Cincinnati and BYU will not have the strength of schedule data point that a Florida or a Texas A&M right. does. So... You know, we floated this, and me and you were talking before the show, and we floated this scenario. Let's say Clemson beats Notre Dame in an ACC championship. Right. Both of them with one loss, one to each other, okay? Right. You have an Alabama get beat by Florida. You know, I don't necessarily see that happening, but, hey, Florida looks good. They'll have time to improve, get some healthy kids back. Obviously, they need Kyle Pitts to come back and everything, and he'll right. be healthy. Um, so you have those four teams with one loss, an undefeated Ohio State, Oh my gosh, what a scenario. I mean, you oh, yeah. couldn't you could not possibly do four teams in that scenario and have just blood in the streets in terms of fan bases. I mean, you would have yeah. Texas A&M on the outside who's going, "We beat the SEC champion." Right. Obviously, I don't believe you could leave an Alabama out. Both Florida and Alabama though do have a good win against Georgia. I mean, holy cow! And then you, and then let's say Cincinnati and BYU run the table. Let's say they're sitting there undefeated, going, "Well, they have losses, yeah, but you're straight to schedule it, and what ours is." I mean, you could not. I think this year more than any year, and I believe it's coming in the future. But this year, with the scenario, we saw the NBA change how everything was done. Right. We've seen the NFL change how everything is done. They're talking about expanding the playoffs. Right. We saw the Major League Baseball on the fly change a ton of rules and the playoffs oh, yeah. and obviously the regular season. This is the year that you need to expand the playoff to give grace to these teams who are playing great football but in just an impossible scenario. Right. Well, I think, with and again, like I, just, like I said earlier, the college football playoff polls completely different from AP. I mean, you never know what they're going to do. But 
I think we kind of see what they think of Cincinnati's schedule with this week. Cincinnati gets pushed back to number seven yeah. after um, A&M and Florida come off big wins. So I think we kind of see where they view Cincinnati's schedule. They, they've won some games big, but they're not playing an SEC schedule or a Big Ten schedule. They're playing, you know, their schedule. So, and, and to me personally, I'm going to go with what's realistically probably going to happen with Alabama beating Florida and then more than likely Clemson beating Notre Dame, you know, by however much. Texas A&M right now, they need stuff to happen. But to me, they have the easiest in as far as outside teams looking in. More than likely, they will win their schedule out, which will put them at 9-1. and one. They don't have to play a championship game. Right. They're the Alabama of yeah, the past literally. couple of years. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, to me, if you're them, you're sitting back there lounging back and just waiting on these teams to do whatever to each other because you got to figure you're going to win out your schedule. Yeah. You figure, you know, hopefully Alabama's just going to beat Florida down and then Clemson's going to do the same Notre Dame, which if they do that, Notre Dame's out at that point. You just say, well, you just took, you know, a team without Trevor Lawrence in the double overtime and beat them because their freshman quarterback made a few mistakes, and then Trevor Lawrence comes in here and beats you down. So, I mean, I feel like you're on the outside looking in at that point. And, I mean, you know, I think the only downside is Texas A&M's lost Alabama. It is. And that game was plus for a while, and it's on the road if you're Texas A&M. So, your right. only loss is to a powerhouse of a program in their home, in their, you know, their home stadium. And you end up getting beat pretty heavily, but you were competitive for a half, you know, which we've heard that story before with the old dogs. Yeah. But it is, man. You know, we said it last week. I do not envy this no. playoff committee at all. They have the most difficult time this year that they ever have been. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, I would say most people want to see an expansion of the playoff. I think yeah. that's what most people want because it's just fun. We get to watch more football games. Right. Ultimately, we're fans. We just want to watch great competitive football. Oh, yeah. And I think if if they don't do something this year, I think this will strengthen the conversation to say, okay, but we need it in the future. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. This is probably our favorite slash least favorite segment of the show that we're going to start implementing. Do we, do we want to take a moment of silence before we start this? Or we, you just we, want to go right into it? We might need to. I think, obviously, <laughs> we have to dive right into it. We are college football fans. I watch every single game. I do every single thing that I can. But ultimately, in my soul, it bleeds red and black. Oh, yeah. So we got to have our segment that we're going to call Dog Talk, or we're just going to kind of recap what happened in this week and this in this Sad Saturday that we had this week. <laughs> so I'll let you open thoughts, feelings, concern, fears. Uh, how much did you cry under your pillow last night? <laughs> Honestly, and you know, I texted you about this probably in the third quarter. To me, it, it's almost like a sigh of relief, even though it, it it sucks. We're not going back to Atlanta this year, more more than likely. I mean, yeah, if Florida just happens to completely implode, then yeah. But obviously, at the quarterback position, we're non-existent right now. Yeah. Um. And granted, you know, Florida, I think, could have been a potential win, if not a closer game than it already was. We caught one heck of an injury bug. Just we did. All, and I mean, you know, looks so good coming out the first two drives. And then to me, as soon as you see Marcus go down with that gruesome leg injury, Step getting hit real hard right there on that same plate, same to play. me the wheels just start falling off. They do. Now, I will preface all of this, everything I'm about to say. I want to, to, to wrap it up in a little ball that says Florida is a has a, a great offense. offense yes. Has a great offense. With what we had on the field, you know, I said this after the Alabama game. 
and I would have said it going in. They were the better team on the field. We did not. Right. We, we were not better than Alabama when we played them. That didn't mean we couldn't win the football game. Same thing with Florida. At full health, I believe we're the better football team. Right. I do. What we rolled in there, not having your signal caller and Richard LeCount, you know, he's laying probably in a bed somewhere in Athens watching this football game, not having your signal caller on the field and then all the other injuries wrapped up into that, yeah. I believe Florida was the best team on the field yesterday. Yeah. Well, you know, it goes back to me to two of the keys I gave you on defense last week. First one was Jalen Carter opening up holster to pass rush. You saw the first half. I think we annoyed Trask a little bit, but never actually made him made him. Well, I mean, out. you look at that like first touchdown throw. Was it either the first or the second touchdown? I think it was the, the first. The little pop the pass. Ball. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the dude basically dropped the ball. Yeah, just did. somehow lowers his hands and gets and again, it. Again, it's just the way the ball falls. It sometimes. is. That's football. But that the second football. one, backup safety Lewis Seen had a monster hit on Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Obviously, it's one of those football hits where he's trying to make a good play. Pitt starts going to the ground. It's helmet to helmet. Ejected for targeting. And guess what? Your only guy back there now is Tyreek mm-hmm. Stevenson, who has, you know, playing time. But yeah. just and Still I mean, we, limited experience yeah. in a huge time. And we game. saw him. This was before the scene ejection, I believe. But, you know, that one time he was covering Pitts, he just, granted, he fell. But it's just that size difference, man. Yeah. Pitts was just so much larger than Tyreek in that situation. I told I told everybody last week, that kid is a freak. Best tight end in college football right now, easily. You look at the touchdown that, that Pitts throws an absolute dime. I mean, Kyle, right. Kyle Trask throws an absolute dime to Kyle Pitts. Tyson Campbell has great coverage on him. But yep. Tyson Campbell, what, 6'1 six, six, on a good day? So much smaller. I mean, it's just you, – you, I mean, throw that's it up. Where, that ain't a 50-50 ball. And that's where that's your, your best tackler comes into play right there. You know, yeah. Richard LeCount is easily one of your best coverage guys, your best tackler on the team. Probably has the best hands, too. Oh, yeah, and he's, we, just, he's not there. We saw Mark Webb really, yep. I think, step up and play a really good football yep. game. But you're down 13 points, and they throw a pick six that's right. Clutch, I mean, man. he hit him in the wrong place. Yep. Say it together. Yep. Hit him in, in the, the hands. hands. I mean, yep. just – yeah, and that's a that's pick rough. six, and you know, with nine minutes left, we're down six points. But which, again, the second half comes down to quarterback. We saw Kirby. We knew does. it was coming. We mm-hmm. talked about it last week. Yeah, Kirby made the change after the half. You know, to me, obviously, a really emotional conversation. Everyone stayed on the sideline. Stats telling yeah. you know, I can't tell what Kirby's saying, but Stats saying, yeah, you know, I know. I'm sure Kirby's saying, look, man, it's it's it nothing personal, it but you did great. You got to make a yeah. This and it's time. He put Dwan in there, and I think for everybody on Facebook is saying, "Where's JT? Where's Dwan?" Here's your answer. This is why Stet was. Oh in my the gosh! Game. Yes, that, and 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 you you texted me because we were not able to watch the game together this week. You texted me in about the third quarter, and you did, and I love the point that you made. You said, if anything, this is a moment to now build. This is a moment yeah. to say, you know, our next couple of football games, they're those ones where. You could about roll your helmet out there and say, I'm better than you and, right. win, and win the football game. You now give whoever you want right. a chance to get some good quality playing time against SEC opponents and develop. That yep. is a silver lining. But also, I thought this gave credit to Kirby in, in showing. You, I mean, it's no longer talk. You know, They show you a lot better than they can tell you. You clearly saw Stetson Bennett. Yep. Is the best quarterback that we and it, had. It comes down to intangibles, right? To me, to me, Dwan, from an athletic standpoint, Dwan and Justin Fields are comparable. Dwan's very mobile. He has a rifle of an arm, but that dude just—I don't know what he's doing out there. He's he, not ready. Yet. He threw it to Matt Landers like three times in the same spot, and Matt Landers was covered every time. Stet 
was overthrowing it or underthrowing it just like Dewan, but Stett was making the reads. Right. He was making the right pass, just in the wrong spot. Yeah. Dewan was just saying, I got a cannon. I'm going to throw it over everybody. And granted, yeah. he did, but he threw it over everybody. He did. He did. And, and again, same with the Alabama game. You have open receivers that if you put the ball on them, it's yeah. a touchdown. Oh, yeah. They got behind the defense two or three times versus Alabama, and probably more than that against Florida's defense. You just had nobody that could put the ball on. Oh, yeah. And I like the comparison to Justin Fields, but here's the difference, right? Justin Fields' first season, they did a they did a spot on him on college game day, and, and David Pollock said it. That If you think that dude's being asked to make more than one read, you're crazy. He oh, looks yeah. at one guy. If he's not there, you right. run or you throw it away. They're not asking Dewan Mathis to do that. They're asking Dewan Mathis to step into the role yeah. and say, you're playing Florida, right. and we still got a chance to come back in this football game if you play well. Had two or three possessions down 13, you know what I'm saying? And the kid does not make the read. Oh, yeah. He stares down one guy. He knows where he's yeah. going. There, The 11 guys could be covering him. Let's say it's Matt Landers, and he's going to throw it to him. Yeah, and granted, too, as far as the comparison goes, the big difference to me, Justin Fields, when he stepped on that field his freshman year, he was ready. He was dynamic. He yes, wanted yes. to – he said, I'm going to take this starting spot. Give me a shot. When Stetson got hurt – Dwan like he was going to need another pair of pants. He did. Before the drive was over with. Have you seen the clip of where he throws and hits the ball? Yes, the yes. I mean, that dude was, he was nervous. nervous. And granted, but, I don't know if that's from lack of playing time, that big hit he took against Arkansas. I don't know. But he was not ready to go in that But game. I will say this. I'm going to give credit. The the kid did pretty well. He did. You know he what did. I'm saying? He found open receivers. I think he's got to look check down more, which – that's something, obviously, I've never played quarterback in right. general. Definitely never played quarterback against SEC defense. But as just a fan watching the game who knows a good amount about offense and defense, your check down is going to be open oh, yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, if somebody's double covered, your check down is open. You know, you look at the play where uh, Kiaris is streaking downfield. He's double covered. That means your check down's open. Right. And if your check down's James Cook, a dynamic receiver, or Zeus, or whoever it may be, yep. you got to be able to make those reads. And right. I say that, obviously, as an armchair quarterback, but, I mean, that's that's football. Yeah. And so, you know, last four games, obviously, we've got Missouri next week. Should be a, a, a rollout win. Yeah. But you got to think, on your sideline right now, Stets on the back burner, Dwan, Carson Beck, JT Daniels, whoever you think is the future of this team needs to be out there. It does. And you're obviously going to tell them, look, just because you're starting these last four games, even if you do start all four games – you have a five-star dual-threat quarterback coming in next year. You have two more guys on the bench that, that will your take job. your job in a yeah. heartbeat. And you're going to have next year George Pickens, more than likely a healthy Dominic Blaylock. Jermaine Lord Burton's going to have so much more playing time. So is Darnell Washington. Say that. The big old, baby. Tommy Bush is more than likely going to be healthy. And you got to think Marcus is probably going back, too. Yeah. You're going to have the receivers next year to do whatever you want. And more than likely, the running backs. I don't see Zeus or James deciding to go to the draft this year. I think they're going to wait one more year. Yeah. But you're going to have the team around you. So you need to show whoever he puts on the field has to say, I'm going to show you what I can do these last four games to give me the biggest head start possible. For because, next season. Yeah. For next season. Because I don't know what Brock's going to look like on a college level, but in high school – he looks dynamic. Oh no! For right now, you have to believe, and I've been saying this for a long time. You know, ever since Jake, 
I'm about, and even with Stet this year, who I think is clear to everybody, you know, you'd probably feel like a knucklehead if you argued, but no, Stet was the best man for the job right, right. now. Yeah. You know, I think, again, the old saying, we don't know what we don't know. I think you got to believe JT is just not there physically. Yeah. You know, I think that's, whether it's the knee, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, there's right. a reason he wasn't playing. So, Stet's the best guy for the job. You want to see a freshman who's going to give you three good years of football and you take your lumps and your growing pains, you know what I'm saying, and you, you, you ride the guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You, you, you put all your eggs in that basket and you say, listen, until you just blow it up, you're the guy, you're who we're going with, let's see what you got. And I think we are going to see Dewan Mathis be that guy for now. Yeah. Brock comes in next year and we'll see what happens then. But, uh, but yeah, to, to kind of wrap up my thoughts on it, Georgia had a lot of opportunities against Florida. Yeah. A lot, whether it was drop balls, whether it was, you know, not hitting people who were open, whatever it may be on offense. And then we also had a good a lot of breaks, you know. Eric Stokes yeah. makes a great play for a pick six. First play of the game is obviously an 80, 80 yard touchdown to Zeus. But Florida was ultimately the better team on the field. Hats off to them, you know, one out of four ain't bad. No, I agree with that completely. I mean, you know, I think it comes down to injury bug. We just too many players out on defense. We yeah. saw a little bit more traction the second half of the game on defense. They were making a lot of stops, a lot of three and outs. But, I mean, first half, they absolutely torched us. And then offensively, yeah. two big receivers were out. You know, mm-hmm. you lost Kendall about the third quarter, too. So Kid's going to be special. He is, he is. But, I mean, it just comes down to we're handicapped at the most important position on the field. And, and just to, to for, the, for, for the fan who might not 100% be aware, just to paint this picture, last year in spring ball – Dylan Moses, who is the signal caller for the for the Alabama Crimson Tide, tears his knee up. Yeah, he's out. He's out. I think everybody would agree that last year was a down year for the Alabama defense. Yeah. it was. It was. Richard LeCount is that guy for Georgia. He is the signal caller. Yes, there are other people who can call plays on the field who can make those reads and checks and put everybody in position. When you lose a senior captain signal caller the defense is going to take a hit. And I think you clearly saw that happen on Saturday. Yep. And, I mean, again, not only did we lose that signal caller, you lost your two front defensive tackles yep. and your backup safety halfway through the game. Yep. So, you know, we were missing a lot on defense. Obviously, defense took a downhill turn this week. you got to figure the last four games are going to sharpen up. And a lot of these, yep. you know, you're losing a lot next year. Richard's gone. This is a senior year. Defense but, should be next man up. Honestly, yeah, honestly defense is next man up. Offense is the one to me that that doesn't have to reload in the next season. You got to like you just went through a ton of people. Your offense is coming back. Like it's coming oh, yeah. back. You add a quarterback in there. Yeah. Who I mean, we'll even take serviceable at this point. Who can hit the deep ball? I mean, you got an offense coming. You do. And as long as your defense, it should be next man up. Kirby's had you know top three recruiting classes the last three years. I mean, the future's bright for the dogs, and I'll, I've, if I've said it once, I've probably said it 26 years that I've been alive, there is always next, next year. year. And next year going to be our year, boy. That, that's that don't apply to just college football. It applies to Georgia sports that's in general. That's right, Georgia yeah. sports in general. The old Braves, everybody. All right, let's talk picks. Oh, How'd you do this year? How'd you do this this week? We talking just last week's picks or talking about picking in general? <laughs> well, 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 <laughs> well, we'll first talk about the picks we made on air. So we both get, obviously, the Georgia game wrong. Yeah, we both get the Notre Dame game wrong. Yeah, uh, you we both picked Indiana live here Monday right. last week. 
I switched to Michigan. You stayed with Indiana. Yeah. I liked that matchup a lot better. I also thought Harbaugh coaching for his job would come out with some fire and those kids would have his back. You know, I was wrong on that. Yeah. Pac-12 didn't have a lot to go on there. We both got the Texas A&M, Texas A&M pick correct versus yeah. South Carolina. We both get the Oklahoma State pick right, which that was one a went, lot closer than yeah. I think we thought it would be. I was about to say, Texas A&M wound up being a lot further apart than I thought we thought it might be, but Texas A&M right. showed out. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, I think you know. I think it's important, you know, just for some transparency here for our listeners, it's important for Jordan and I to know we're just a couple of guys sitting around talking football as friends, and we want y'all to do the same. So you, when you when you listen to us, whether you're in your car, you're sitting at home, maybe you're cutting the grass, who knows? You know, just sit back and talk college football with your buddies. That's basically what's going on here. And for transparency's sake, we like keeping score of picks. You know, ESPN does not do a good job. You know, Kirk, David, Desmond, all the guys, Lee Corso, I wish that they would keep up with, you know, records in terms of pick them. I know they do the, the, the super right. dog and whatnot. But that's fun. That's what we like to see. Yeah. And it's all in good fun. It's good-hearted. We love picking football. I've been doing it now for seven years. I enjoy the heck out of it. Even before picking was a thing, I would tweet out my picks, you know, as yeah. like a you know, like a 16-year-old kid like anybody even cared. So, you know, we like the fact. We're going to recap every week and tell you what we got right, what we got wrong. It's football. I'm going to be wrong a lot. You're going to be wrong a lot. We're going to be right a lot. Yeah. But, you know. So, looking ahead to week 11. Give me some picks. Give me some thoughts. Well, you want to go ahead and do a pick, or you want to just talk about it for a second? I mean, we we can we can kind of do both all, okay. all at one okay. time. I'm down. So here's a fun one, and I think this one. Well, we'll we'll start off by saying week eleven, not the greatest week for college. No, it's really not. But okay, what about number thirteen? Wisconsin going into Michigan, Ann Arbor, Wisconsin obviously has playoff hopes right now. Michigan's played very down, but. Wisconsin hadn't played a football game in three weeks. Well, that's assuming that Michigan, I mean, that Wisconsin's going to get to play. I still, I still, at this point, think that game is not going to happen. If it does, give me Wisconsin big. I would take 14. I don't, not 100% sure if the spread's even been announced at this point. I don't believe it has. But, because, uh, I mean, I think the opening lines might be out, but I'm not sure 100%. I mean, yeah, give me, give me Wisconsin. Michigan is, Michigan is done. I, I mean, agree. they think. I mean, like we said earlier, I think that program needs a complete overall. But, yeah, give me Wisconsin. I, I like that one. You know, as much as I brought them up as far as playoff hopes, I'm going to go with Michigan. Whoa, you think Harbaugh is going to get the upset? Here's why I think this, right? Michigan is – I mean, we see it every year, right? A team with absolutely nothing to lose yeah. is at home playing Wisconsin. And, granted, if Wisconsin had been playing all along, it's Wisconsin, no doubt. They haven't played football in three weeks. Bro, that is a take right there. Dude. I, mean, That's hey, it. I like you know, it. I mean, I, I like it. I like it a lot. You know, I, I, I completely see your point. You know, you've got nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, the one bright spot on your season could be knocking off. I mean, you still got your shot at, obviously, your rival Ohio State. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I can see it. I definitely don't think it's going to happen. And if you were to put – if we were to put that on Pick'em, that would be very, very gutsy to do so. But, hey. Well, I you mean, know, you know. if you would have told me at the beginning of this week that I would lose five games on Pickham, I would have said no way. And well, you know, if you had told me happens. Liberty would have had a last-second field goal block for a return touchdown by Virginia Tech as my nine-point pick, oh, and then, dagger. you know, they call a uh, timeout right before it, and then he drills it after the timeout. Not only that, <laughs> they call the timeout on the game-winning touchdown. And, you know, I talked to you about this yesterday, but I'm going to bring this up. 
Icing a kicker, to me, makes no sense. In that situation. It's one of those things that's just, it's in the, uh, you know, what you would like to call the unwritten rules of football, but to me it's a rule basically now. If you got timeout, you use them. No, I don't see it. If I'm a kicker, okay, and I'm already feeling all this pressure, and I know that the coach on the opposing team has one timeout, or any, let's just, but let's say yeah. we, we have two, we called one, he's now lined up to, to attempt the kick for a second time, and it's in the back of my head that you might call a timeout. Yeah. That's way more concerning and anxiety-inducing to me than, oh, they have no timeouts, I'm fixing to finally get to kick this football, well, no, see, no me, harm, no foul. To me, it's situational, right? So if you're 35, 40-yard kick, you maybe have a freshman kicker, Never been here before. He's thinking about it. You call timeout. You know it, it gives him more time to think about it. This dude was about to kick a fifty-nine-yard field goal. Yeah, he won. He won like he's he, fixing a. I mean, it very well could have boomed it. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm not gonna take anything away from the kid, but the law of averages tells us, yeah, this ain't going. He's in. not gonna make it. Why would I call a timeout? And then you cost your team another chance. And guess what? Liberty just drills the field goal. The I mean, you cost time. your team to win. Oh, it's a blocked field goal return yeah. for a touchdown. You so, know, you know, Georgia Tech versus. Who do they do that against? Like Clemson or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. And and you you blow it. Yeah. And then you end up losing the game. Well, which I will say, woo, Hugh Freeze, my dude. I've got a ton of respect for you. You are coaching your butt off right now. That uh, Everybody lined up for a Hail Mary right there. Yeah. Everybody and their mama thought, okay, they're about to throw a Hail Mary. Six seconds left on the clock. Fourth and six. And they do an out route for seven yards, leaving one second on oh, the yeah. clock. I mean, you couldn't even see the defense on the TV picture because no. they're all on the goal line. No. What an insanely brilliant call to trust yep. your kicker to say, hey, kid, go out there and win me a football game. And guess what? Yep. You did. Anyway, sorry to get us off on a tangent. No, that was, <laughs> no, I mean, that, no that's great. That, that's no that's fantastic. <laughs> that needed to be spoken of. They need, they need their props for that. That was excellent. All right, I got a pick. I got, right. I got one that I really like this week. Uh, sneaky game here. And obviously, I think you know. Obviously, the spread is going to tell you where to go here. We got a we got a noon kickoff. Okay, we got Indiana and Michigan State. Sticking with the Big Ten here. If I had to put if I had to put money on it, which we don't, we don't we don't actually put cash on these things. Right. You obviously love you love Indiana here, mm-hmm. but Mel Tucker is coaching well. Obviously, they get absolutely blown up this past week. Right. But man, what a sneaky game that is! Indiana three and zero for the first time in a, in a, you know a couple couple decades. You're not a hundred percent sure how to handle the moment. Yeah, and you run up against a Michigan State team who's playing with nothing to lose, just like Michigan will be. Correct. But obviously, there's a lot more upside to Michigan State season than Michigan. That's a sneaky one. Who are you taking? I mean, I got. I, I granted, I love Mel Tucker, right? I mean, he spent three years, two years with the dogs, three yeah. years with the dogs. Great DC, great, and just a great coach all around. He was, he was incredible, incredible recruiter. He did great, yep. but I mean, I gotta go with Indiana, man. You do. I, I mean, mean honestly, I mean, just looking at the percentage, they have an eighty-eight percent chance. Which again, going back to Virginia Tech, you yeah. can't always go off that. But I mean, Indiana's playing phenomenal football. Michigan State's, I just don't think is there yet. So I mean, you know, just looking at. At what's in front of me, granted Michigan State has home field advantage, which is different in 2020 than it was in 2019. Yeah, I got I got to go with the Hoosiers. Yeah, I'm put put me on the, you know, it's Hoosier City for for me too. 
Um, another one that I think we got to talk about, obviously as a Georgia fan, I would love nothing more than to see Florida slip up two times and Georgia go to the SC title game just for fun. I mean, obviously that would be a blast as a Georgia fan. I do not see that happening. No. But this week, they uh, they go to Arkansas. No, we, they got them in Gainesville. Yep. And uh, Sam Pittman brings the Hogs in with Felipe Franks at quarterback, obviously. Played at Florida, got beat out by Kyle Trask when he when he tore the knee up. Right. The storylines in that game are very very interesting. I ultimately think Florida wins. Arkansas coming off a really big win this week against Tennessee, down right. fourteen to nothing. You come back, you win twenty one fourteen. That's gonna be a fun game to watch. I mean, obviously, I could see them blowing them out, you know. But that's a, with the story, just the storylines. I agree. I agree. Because you know, just like Brenton Cox wanted the dogs this week and ultimately did what he said he was yeah. going to do, you know, Felipe's going in there with a chip on his shoulder and saying, listen, y'all didn't want me. I'm here now. These are my boys. Yeah. My best against your best. Let's see what happens. Granted, I'm going you know, to do something I have not ever done and is give Felipe Franks a little bit of praise. Obviously, I want to say the dude's a trash can. Just like, I mean, like, honestly, I do not like Felipe Franks. He just, his attitude has always been so bad. And he's one of those guys, you know, we saw it last year in the Miami game. You sit there, you throw a touchdown, beautiful play. You go trash talk the sideline, and then you throw a pick the very next drive. It's just like True. he's one of those guys. But this year, he's just played very well for Arkansas as a, you know, Sam Pittman coming in. Sam Pittman, we talked about it yesterday. He's going to do something with that Arkansas team. He's going to have him playing yes. up in the West, no doubt. Yeah. Um, But, I mean – you gotta give me the Heisman, one of the Heisman front runners. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Trask is just obviously the better quarterback. Oh yeah, I'll give Florida my pick. And talking about Felipe, uh, I completely see what you're saying. But I mean, we live in a world where forgiveness and second chances, and the kid, character-wise and football-wise, is playing really good football. I agree. Obviously, he's taken his lumps. He is. He he has. I mean, you know, he's gotten thumped a couple times this season. But you know, that is a. Uh, I mean. He he's P.S. You're right. Props get props is given where props are deserved, and Felipe Franks is playing pretty darn good football with yeah. not a lot around him. Obviously, Sam yeah. Pittman's first year. I think he'll recruit well and get some people yeah. in there. But uh, but yeah, give me the Gators. But very very fun and interesting game to watch. It there. is. It is. Hundred percent. And then we can close the show by you know there's real, like we said not a ton of games that are very good on the docket. We'll talk Alabama LSU because in the past it is one of the greatest. Yeah, I mean you could call it a rivalry in college football. You know you have the field goal game where nobody even scores scores right. a touchdown. You know they they've played multiple times in two year two times in one year and played for Natties. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt Alabama comes out or the pick is Alabama. You know unless you, you unless be. you got something up your sleeve. Yeah. Alabama comes out and thumps them. But, I mean, you know, it's in Death Valley, which is a fun place to play. Not so much this season because they've right. taken a couple of L's. But, you know, I think Alabama comes out and thumps them. But it's the game of the week. I guess we got to talk about it, it CBS-wise. I mean, you know, it, it it's Alabama. To me, years past, it, it's occasionally Alabama-Auburn, but a lot of times it's Alabama-LSU. It's like Georgia-Florida. Who's wins this going to the, How the, the West SEC championship? There you go. Yeah, but, I mean, just, you know, LSU is coming off a phenomenal season, easily probably one of the best seasons. Most I would say ever best watched. seasons in college football history. Oh, 100 percent. You had yeah. a dynamic, just generational quarterback. One of the greatest college football seasons I mean, as a quarterback, also easily, and they've just underperformed all the way around. Granted, they lost a lot, 
Well, they they don't do anything, but... I mean, their uh, water girl probably left. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, Bama's just dominant. I mean, they probably have either the number one or number two running back in the country. Matt Jones is probably the top one of the top three quarterbacks in the country. I mean, wide receivers for days. Even I mean, you lost your best wide receiver, and you're still oh, yeah. peeling the top off. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't, I just don't think this is close. I think Bama's just gonna, you know, run it up. I do too. I agree with you. I'm, I'm there. I'm with you. Um, I think that's about it. Any thoughts, feelings, concerns? No, you know, I mean, to me, the most, I mean, obviously, this week, like we said, is is kind of lackluster as far as yeah. Uh, football playoff play, uh, implications, stuff like that. But to me, my biggest thing is I'm really excited for us to see who steps out on the field under center against Mizzou. Obviously, we're hoping to have a majority of our defense back, hopefully George Pickens back. And then, yeah, what's going on there? Yes. That's, a, that's a big question. That's You know, obviously, it's, it's no secret George has struggled with the attitude side of Football, he takes old boy to the woodshed at, at Georgia Tech, and then you know the spray, the 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 water bottle gate is what I'll call it. You know, I've we're hearing rumors that the reason he did not make the trip this week was attitude, but we've also heard from Kirby's mouth that it was the injury. Yeah. You know, I'll give the kid like I, I like the kid. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. People take time to you know you're you're in you go to. A D1 program like that, and you're in the spotlight as a young kid. A lot of maturing has to happen there, yeah. It and does. that's a process, you know. We, you know, you you don't wake up and become a man overnight. So yeah. a lot of maturing has to happen with that kid, and I think he's very capable of it. You know, I trust Kirby and the guys to just lead him and mentor him, and you know, you, you're coaching football, but you're coaching young men yeah, to, exactly. to be great members of society. And I believe George will get there. So I'll give the kid the benefit of the doubt and say hopefully he gets healthy and. We see him on the field versus the Tigers. Yeah, hopefully so. But again, just let's see who let's see who we bring out at quarterback, you know, and then yeah. hopefully get to see that development and that improvement coming through and setting setting up for success next year. Because at this point, that's what you're kind of playing for. There you I mean, go. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening in. You can find us on social media. Jordan, tell them where they can find you. Oh, either Jordan Harris on Facebook or J Harris underscore six on most anything else. Same here, Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram, Connor Chandler on Facebook. We'll be making a Facebook page for the old Bash Brothers Sports Podcast here pretty soon. Uh, we're trying to get this bad boy up on pretty much any podcast place that you listen to your favorite podcast, but obviously that's a that's one step at a time type thing. And uh, but we thank you guys for tuning in. Leave thoughts, comments. You know, if you got a if you got a bold prediction, if you think one of our picks or takes were absolute trash, you can let us know. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, predictions, anything that you got. And uh, for episode two, I'm Connor Chandler. I'm Jordan Harris. And we're the Bass Brothers, signing off. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a good week of college football.